Thanks everyone for downloading this episode of the Nerdball Podcast. As always, I appreciate you listening, downloading, subscribing, sharing, all that stuff, um, helping this podcast grow. Please check out the TikTok TikTok channel, which I'm starting to do more of those for every episode. It is uh, just search the Nerdball Pod on TikTok, uh, social media. Search the Nerdball Pod on X or Twitter. We are on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, search the Nerdball Podcast, and of course the Gmail Nerdball Podcast at gmail.com to reach the show. Let us know what you think. If you want someone to come on, if you have a good guest, if you want to come on, reach us there. Nerdball Podcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah, this is uh, again. I am down to one a week, but uh, I think this is just a new way for now. And maybe if I do that one a week, I start doing it in person again. I don't know. We'll see. I'll play with it. Um, but uh, thanks for sticking with me. It's uh, it's uh, still a lot of fun. It's still uh, really awesome to do. So I just uh, want to thank you all for always being there and uh, liking the podcast. So uh, without further ado, I'll, I'll get you to this episode. It was a great episode. We believe it or not. We talked a lot about farm animals and uh, law. So uh, it was a good mixture there. So uh, uh, thanks for downloading and enjoy the episode. Hi, I'm China Pfeiffer, and this is the Nerdball Podcast. This is the Nerdball Podcast with Lorenzo Melcher. Awesome, China. Thanks for coming on my podcast today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, I always, I don't know why in my brain, I always struggle with saying thanks for coming on the podcast or my podcast, because I have this <laughs> illusion that I put out there that I don't run everything that this podcast does. So, <laughs> um, you can say yours. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. That's okay. I'm, I'm the one who does all the work, so I should. <laughs> it's yours. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I know you obviously through social media and through my wife okay. and, and her and um, her okay. fa- family friends and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. and, and she suggested that you would be a good guest. <laughs> and I know you very just through social media. So I really don't know that much about you. I was looking at your okay. pictures and I saw that you were at the ice skating ribbon downtown uh, yeah. in Toledo. That's the park that I run. So I was just I was wondering how it was and how you uh, if you enjoyed yourself while you were out there. I did actually. Yeah. So my uh, boyfriend's brother-in-law's Fritz Byers. Who's oh yeah, I know Fritz. Yeah. So yeah, so I assumed I was like, oh, he probably does know Fritz. So yeah, we were there with the Byers and the Kaplan's. So okay. yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a great park. I've been there a couple times now and plan to keep on going. But yeah, it's beautiful. So D- did you skate? I did not. I have yeah. a complete tear in my ACL. Oh uh, right. Yeah, from skiing last year that I'm getting repaired finally because I thought I could live without an ACL. Turns out I cannot live without an ACL. Hmm. So January 16th, I'll have a reconstruction. So no skating for me right now. So you've been basically without, with a torn ACL for a year now. Yeah, complete tear. And, um, and a torn meniscus, yeah. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. That's why I don't do things like that. Like someone asked yeah. me, like, do you skate? I said, no, because I got to be able to work the next day. <laughs> I hear that a lot. In fact, um, so I'm going skiing uh, at the end of the month. Um. And then having surgery and everybody was asking me, what are you? My chiropractor is like, no, no, don't do it. Don't, no, no. And I'm like, well, he said it's okay. And he's like, I'm like, well, I guess I'm the person that keeps him in business, right? Like I do the stupid stuff that, so 
Um, but I you can't tear it again. So. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, exactly. I'm like, how much worse could it get? I don't know. But uh, I'm getting a custom brace. I have was fitted for it, so then I should be able to ski, and then hopefully that brace still fits after the surgery. So. Okay. All right. Um, that kind of leads into my first question. I always ask people is. What is something you nerd out about? Something you're you're really into? A hobby? Um, just something that kind of gets you away from from your daily grind of whatever whatever that whatever your job is. What what is something that you can do even by yourself or with family or whatever? So I I think I nerd out on a lot of things. I, well, one I'm ADHD, so <laughs> I am a multitasker. Can, can I tell you? Uh, sorry to interrupt you, real quick. So am I. Uh, I don't take any medication or anything, but what I notice is when I, when I drink energy drinks, it yeah. really, it really focuses me like, it slows you down. yes, like I can, I can, all right. I got, cause if I'm sitting at my computer, I gotta, okay. I gotta send this email. I start typing an email. I'm like, Oh, I gotta make this PO. And then I start doing this and I'm like, Oh, okay. I gotta answer this phone call. <laughs> Wait, what was I doing? And then I gotta like do all these things, but yes, but continue. But that, that is I'm, what I, I am medicated. Uh, it's not a perfect well, I wouldn't call it a fix. I don't want to be fixed anyway, right? Like yeah. I, I, my, my ADHD is my superpower. So it's just harnessing my superpower. Adderall helps. Energy drinks do the same thing. I listened to a podcast on ADHD a long time ago, and it referred to it as like putting brakes on a Ferrari. You're always go go go, and enter like Adderall or energy drinks, caffeine kind of slows you down so that you can, you know, focus on what you need to. But yeah, so yeah, the ADHD. Uh, keeps me interested in a lot of things. I'm a person who's truly never bored. I don't think I've ever been bored in my life. Um, I have hobbies, but I don't even know if they're, I'd call them hobbies or just, I like doing things. I'm passionate about my job. So even though it, it is my daily grind, yeah. there's certain things that I do nerd out even in within my job. And that's a, probably a boring topic for a lot of people, but it, the biggest one for me right now is licensing and getting people bailed licenses. Okay. So that's something I'm constantly working on and progressive prosecution. So that's my nerd stuff at work, but I do love it. So it's not like something I can't wait to get away from. It's something I do all the time and enjoy. But I'm also somebody who probably wasn't meant to work at a desk in a million ways. Mm -hmm. yep. Right? I'm moving around. I have, I'm a single mom, two kids. I have an old house, it's a fixer upper. And I like projects. I like learning how to do something myself. I don't pay anybody to do something I can do myself. Yeah. So everything. Ha have um, you found your limit? Like, have you found yeah. what something that like, I ain't touching that? Well, I will say, yeah. Um, electrical. Me too. Yes. That's exactly yeah. <laughs> what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> because this house, I remember the first time I took a, a light picture off and somebody said, oh, it'll be so easy. Da, 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 this color, that color. I'm like, wait, they're all the same color. And they're all dry rotten. <laughs> I'm like, how can I figure out what's what? So I was like, okay, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. Now, ones that the electrician's already updated and I've had to fix since because they, they can just do one piece at a time exactly how he did it, then yeah. I can do it. Okay. Um, but I have animals. If you saw my social media, I'm sure. Um, mm -hmm. Pig Walter, uh, who is right now banned from the house. Um, but he does come in my mudroom. He comes in the house, just not fully in the house. Um, two Australian Shepherds. Um, I've fostered cats for years, all the rejects that shelters won't take. So I've fostered out like over a hundred cats, but that I sounds, have, that sounds terrible to me. I have the five that were unadoptable. Right. So I have five that live in my house. <laughs> Two are feral. I can't even touch. Um, and I have five chickens, but I had, 
I probably had over 20 die this summer. So normally more than five. Just getting, just from getting attacked by other animals? Um, raccoons mostly. Okay. They, yeah. They find a way in and they decapitate them. But my own dogs have killed them. My dogs You're... have killed them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I got I used to free range them and now I like semi free range them but like if they stick their head outside that farm fence for one second to get a bug my little Aussie is like oh so, so you I just got a bunch of yeah. too, but you what say that again I rehabbed a number of chickens so I've had chickens live in my house for periods of time where I'm like throwing their feathers back and yeah um, I had one chicken that had a wing completely ripped off by my dog. Um, she lived in my house for over a month, and then, of course, a month later, gets killed by a raccoon once I release her back. So, yeah. You do all the all this work to, all to this get work. your back. I, I spend a lot of time every single day keeping things alive. So, <laughs> yeah, you made me modifying things, always modifying something that I built because yeah. I'm not a true pro, right? So, like, yeah, I don't like to spend money, so it's always like used wood, re fitting things and you know repurposing things so yeah but it it makes the work take twice as long it probably is not worth what i do but I, it keeps me busy so uh all right a couple things uh with the house stuff and you like doing projects and everything is that something is that something you like like at growing up you're like oh i see people do this all the time and i like doing it or when, is it when you got older it was a necessity like well i'm a single mom i have to be able to try to do some of these things on my own I think I've always, I always had an interest. So my dad uh, is a eccentric person who does everything himself. Um, but he was not like overly present in my life, kind of come and go. So he never like taught me how to use anything. He wasn't like here trying to learn to use a circular saw, right? But I yeah. usually, I watched him at periods of points in my life. And then back when I was in school, you could take shop class. I was the only girl in shop class in Genoa all the way from junior high through high school. Wow. So I did learn to use tools and do things. And then, um, but even as a little kid, I was doing stuff that I probably shouldn't have been doing. I was always building something. We always had like, we, I called it our creek. Everybody says it's a creek, but it was our creek. We always build a bridge across it to ride our bikes to the other kids. And like every summer I was building a new bridge or I was building something. So yeah, I've always done it. I've always enjoyed anything where I'm outside and I always enjoy anything where I'm working with my hands. So that's probably my biggest release from the type of job I do that's all just talking, thinking. Yeah. And it fits my antisocial ways because I'm actually, as much as I talk, I'm super antisocial. So the minute I get home, I don't want to be around people other than my kids. <laughs> so I just go and do what my little projects and yeah. Uh, do you do you make sure you tell your or show your kids these things too? Do you make a point to say, or if they're interested, do you say, yeah, come come they on, check see it out? It all the time. <clears throat> um, I can't say that they share the interest. I mean, they're eleven and or twelve and fourteen. My fourteen year old's always impressed. Hmm. She's like, Mom, you could do this for a business. Mom, you should do this. You know, because I'm refurnishing furniture. I love to buy stuff off a of marketplace and refinish stuff. Um, then maybe one day, like a little butter barn or side gig, but um, yeah, so they, they know, I mean, they'll like recently, I just did all the shoe molding in my uh, house because mm -hmm. my house is the subfloors are refinished. So it's kind of interesting because it's an old house. It doesn't have a floor on top of the floor. So I had a gap. So I finally went around and I learned to do all the angles and I did shoe molding across the whole. So, but I'm like doing that as they're watching TV, you know? So I'm on the floor and I had a saw in the dining room and they just are used to it. They're like, oh, no, that's just my mom. Yeah. So 
what is Mom's what is the, she... the house mom's doing the yeah so <laughs> well that's yeah yeah if someone <laughs> calls looking for you where's mom i don't know is... <laughs> she, she's here uh, somewhere but, i yeah. can hear her yeah <clears throat> what is what is shoe molding Shoe molding is the quarter round that goes at the bottom of your trim. Ah, uh, okay. So it, puts, it fits that little gap. So, like, because a wood floor was taken out, there's that little tiny gap, and it fills that gap and puts around. So, yeah, you you put it down, you kind of glue it and finishing nails, and then um, caulk it so it's smooth and paint it. it. It makes a huge difference in a finished look. So, yeah, it took me. I've been here. Oh, my God. I think this is going to be my sixth year. <laughs> I finally got the shoe molding down. So, yeah. Well, that's, my details yeah. are coming, yeah. Yeah. Well, those, uh, and I do another podcast with my buddies and we talked about all our, all our projects and yeah. they're never truly finished. Like we, all of us collectively, we talked about flooring and putting in the floor and then at some, very last up. some varying degree was the baseboard or the molding on the bottom I was like, yeah, that was like three years later. I just, yeah, nobody feels like doing it by that point. Yeah. So <laughs> like like, I did the whole downstairs other than my bedroom and uh, the laundry room. And I'm like, okay, how long is it going to take me now to break it all back out and do it again? But Hopefully not too long. <laughs> uh, what about the animals? Did you grow up with a lot of animals? Is that something that you've always been around? Um, so I grew up with a hippie mom who wasn't really into animals, but she wasn't into saying no. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, we had just cats and dogs for the most part, but she let us try, you know, rabbits. Um, gosh, I can't think of anything. I mean, I had a horse for a period of time when I was really really little because when my dad was around um but I've always like just been naturally drawn to animals um animals seem comfortable with me um and so I've just always enjoyed it I, I, I am to my core it's I do the same thing with people um I always say needy things are drawn to me we were just talking about that needy things are drawn to me but it's because I'm a natural caregiver and uh, I like the the little guy. I'm always fighting for, um, yeah, it's the little the person that's left out or the animal that's neglected or something that doesn't stand a chance. Everything that everybody's like, you should just kill that thing. It should not be alive. And I'm like, I can do it. <laughs> I can bring it back, you know? So sometimes they die. But recently I had a possum. I was so excited to rehab. You had a pet possum? Yeah, it was my own fault. Um, <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I had a that, live trap. Yeah, I had a live trap set in my run for oh god months but i didn't have food in it any longer once the last raccoon was caught i was like oh i just left it and i went out there one day and that thing probably was in there five days without water as a little uh... baby awesome. so dehydrated so i brought it in and i was bottle feeding it and i'm so excited i was like i've always wanted a pet possum i mean my dogs i couldn't keep it my dogs would kill it but um but it ended up dying i think it was just the dehydration was too far on it so I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say I want I always wanted a, a pet possum. <laughs> I think they're super cool. I've learned to uh you know, I grew up thinking they were vicious or they get cat's food and something, but they're not. They're super docile and when they um pass out, they're not playing dead. Their body actually goes into that mode as like a protection um so an animal thinks they're dead and leaves them alone, but they're passed out. Their blood pressure, everything drops. Their heart rate drops. Uh. Um, and I've had them come through my dog door in my house. And <laughs> like, I just like shoo them away. Come on, guys, go. They'll just go. They'll walk right out. They're not. Um, they're. I've watched the dogs attack and they never fight back. All they do is make that noise out of fear and they look scary and then they pass out. <laughs> <laughs> Poor things. I feel bad. Yeah. So. 
have you have you had any other quote unquote wild animals as pets um no not that what else do you want i know there's something that you're like oh, oh I'm I'm sure. i would always would love a skunk i've always said i would love a skunk <laughs> like that yeah i a couple years ago got really good at releasing skunks and traps like everybody's the first time i caught a skunk in a trap it was a baby skunk and i wasn't going to keep it i was releasing it and um i thought oh it doesn't have its sprayer yet i'm good so i started walking with it in the trap and the little thing literally just turned its butt around faced me <sighs> sprayed me I dropped the trap, ran in the house, shut all the windows. Um, everything smelled like skunk for day. I went to work and I had a Mavoya guy came in and I'm like, I am so sorry. I don't know how I still smell. The whole office smelled like skunk, but yeah. <sighs> but yeah, I've learned to do that now. You just leave them, cover them with uh, like a towel or blanket over the cage. And once it's dark and they can't see you, you can open it and they'll run right out. So like now a skunk if you ever need a skunk trap and skunk expert so i, okay. I, I, I had, work clothes going and releasing <laughs> every morning for a period of time because they would there was clearly a litter so oh i i was a few jobs ago i was in charge of pest management and uh so i had, I had a all our traps we set were were kill traps like moles groundhogs uh and then we did have have heart ones too but uh that the, the like i didn't want to do it like it sucks like yeah um like i know but but moles are terrible for if you're trying to have really good grass moles are terrible for that you got to get rid of them you know same thing like groundhogs they don't really do anything but they tear everything up and and you know raccoons we learned if you have grubs raccoons will tear the turf up looking for the grubs like all these things it, but it, it's my job and i was getting paid part, as part of my job was to do this but it does not it sucked and i hated doing yeah. it uh, and even now, like, it's not my favorite thing. There's just some necessities, I, I guess. I don't kill anything. I thought I was capable of killing things, especially the first raccoon, because I named him and I was feeding him every day because I was like, oh, if I put my leftovers outside, he doesn't get into my garbage. So I named him Cody and Cody would like walk in my windows on the outside and like was all around all the time. And then one day he wiped out like my entire flock, except for one. And so I started trapping him and I thought I could kill him. And the minute I got him trapped and he was like, just playing in the water and he wasn't scared of me because he'd seen me every day. I was like, I can't kill you. Uh, so yeah, I do uh, release them uh, beyond five miles from my house, which is illegal as a <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, You're not supposed to do that, but I will say <laughs> I take them near a nature preserve. So I know nobody wants to hear that either, but um, I'm not capable of killing them. Uh, but raccoons are really the only pests that I mind. The groundhogs, I don't care. Even the possums, I know they've killed some of my meat chickens when they're babies because I do raise my own meat too. Um, but I'm like, wow, well, that's nature. I'm not going to kill you for it. Um, but raccoons got to go because they they slaughter everything. So, and they and they will just eat like they'll they'll kill a chicken and just tear it up and eat it. They don't even eat it. That's the worst part about oh. it. That's the really offensive part about it. Like at least the possums when they do it, because they'll take them only when they're little. They're more of uh, just opportunistic animals, possums and scavengers. They don't take on anything big. Okay. What chickens do is when they're sleeping, they're completely passed out. Like you can go in a coop and lift up any chicken. They don't wake up at nighttime. They're not alert. Mm. So a possum or a raccoon will go in there when they're sleeping and a raccoon will just basically usually decapitate them sometimes tear out parts of their chest and leave them. They don't eat them. 
It's awful. So you're like, you just kill everybody for no reason, just yeah. for basically just for sport. A possum will actually eat, like I'll find parts of chickens around. I know it's a possum because they're like actually eating them. So mm. I never have the issues of people think coyotes, fox, because they're not going to get inside my run, you know, yeah. um, and nighttime they're in the run, they're in their coop. Daytime, my only other issue usually is hawks because they'll yeah. like, they'll stalk them. So, but yeah, yeah, I uh, I'm an expert at this point. Yeah, I can <laughs> I can go work for a trapping company or pest control for sure. <laughs> so I had to. Um, I was just gonna make a terrible pun. So I I wanted ducks, and I was just gonna say I had to get all my ducks in a row in order to tell. I remember bring, seeing you eating ducks. I thought, yeah. oh God, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. No, I, I, I really enjoyed it, and we'd still have them if something didn't get them. Um, they, they had their own corner. It was fenced off. I put a yes. stock fish tank in the ground, or fish, um, uh, what was it like a just gigantic pond thing in the ground they could yeah, swim around in. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had their house and everything, uh, and it was fun. And the duck eggs were really good. Uh, I could sell them. <laughs> water clean though all they do is poop in their own water i know i know so i had i had a pump and a filter that i like like every week i would change it out and wash it yeah 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 like so i always did baby pools and i'm like they instantly poop all through their baby pool so it just got to the paint they literally poop on everything everything chickens are not dirty like that ducks are dirty so yes yeah so so i had a couple times a couple different flocks the first one was kind of I'd let them out in the yard and they knew where we were in the house. So they would come out on a deck and the deck would be covered. Yes. Right right by the back door. But the deck would be covered in poop. So I always had to spray it off. And then they got used to that. So they'd always come up there and, you know, which was fine. They let us like around them and stuff. And although I I could not find the eggs one day, like they were, I was like, where is it? Where are they laying eggs? And there was like, I found a pile of them by our landscaping. Yeah. 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 That's what they do. Like, so chickens will always lay their eggs in the same spot. They, they don't do what ducks do. Yeah. Ducks are hiding them. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know how old some of these are. And, um, I found my ducks were not super social chickens. I've been able, they're social. They let you pet them. They like my ducks, no matter what I did, they were like frantic. And I'm like, I feed you every day. Why are you so scared? Um, and one day they all, it was like a windstorm and all of them were gone that day. So I I have no idea (laughs) what happened to them. They got something probably, I never found a feather. Something ate all of them and took them off. So that's what, yeah. so that's what happened to ours where it was a snowstorm and I went out there and I found one that was dead. And then in the springtime, <laughs> my kids found a head across the yeah. street and that's it was just, there was just a head. Yeah. Yeah. My poor neighbors here, like, uh, I'll get messages. Oh, there's a chicken of yours down across the street. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm sorry that your poor kids. And I usually just, um, burn them, but sometimes I just literally put them on a shovel, walk them down over the tracks and give it a toss. And yeah. <laughs> Just done with it. That's country living. Yeah. I always say they'd kick me out of Perrysburg. There's no way I can live in Perrysburg. So I burned too many things. Yeah. Uh, it would hate me. <laughs> I do the zoning violations for Perrysburg. So I know, like, I know, like, they're, I'm not. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. I'm not a good fit. So were, were you there? Were you in, involved in that whole chicken fiasco? Were you there? I started right when it started. So, okay. um, Thank God I wasn't actually involved to, to that degree because it got too crazy, you know. Um, yeah. And I actually recently had somebody call me about a subdivision in Perrysburg. Somebody has chickens. I get Lake Township calls too about it. But now, uh, as far as I know, I looked at the code recently and there's nothing that prevents you from having chickens. Um, so I don't understand why it's still such an ordeal. Obviously, in an HOA, it can be. But yeah, 
Well, I, I know. I think there's a limit on them, uh, but. I looked it up and I did not really? find it. it used to be. And, the, you know, at first there were like the no chickens and then they were the yeah. grandfather chickens that were yep. like whatever. And then there was a limit and I haven't seen it, but I, I mean, I can look again if anybody wants to. It doesn't seem to be an issue. I never understood why people really cared. I'm like, if you don't have a rooster, they're quiet. Mm -hmm. right? And as long as you're not letting them go in your neighbor's yard and eat their plants and poop on their deck. Yeah. Um, but I think it's kind of cruel to keep them in those like little coops that people buy at like tractor supply and not let them have grass. Right. Yep. Walk yeah. I, I, my, yeah. My neighbors, they loved having them. Like some of them had, uh, one of them had little kids and they would, you know, they wouldn't, I'd pick one up so they could pet it or whatever yeah. the duck. And uh, I'd give out duck eggs all the time, but I live in a township. So I, I, uh, I didn't, uh, I said this before, but I, I think you're supposed to pay like 50 bucks or something for a permit. Um, but I, I talked to somebody else around here that has chickens in the township and they go, I won't even worry about it. If someone like says something to you, the other yeah. do is make you pay. You're not gonna get in trouble. There is I someone, there, there is someone you around me. Township or Lake Township? Perrysburg. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had one police caller complaint in Perrysburg Township, other than um, there's one house where they're always crossing over the road or something, and people complain, but it never yeah. came up on a permit. So I there is a house around me that has a rooster, uh, and it crows every morning. But it's been going on for several years, and apparently no one's complained about it. Like it doesn't bother me; it doesn't wake me up or anything. But oh, it yeah. can be pretty annoying. Oh, I'm, oh yeah, I mean. <laughs> I've gotten rid of rubber. I can have roosters out here. I've gotten rid of every one because I'm like, that's something I can't because they don't, it's not just like just in the morning. They do it all day long and they usually start at like 4 a.m. I'm like, this mm. is unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Go yeah. Away. Every once in a while, I, I would hear the ducks um, like not at night, but just during the day, like we'd be out in the front yard, they talk or they'd be really yeah. loud. Like one, one point, one time. And that's when, and when they were loud, that's when I would tend to like, Check it out, maybe some, you know, just the, I'll be looking up in the sky to see if they're. He they was seen. getting them on alert. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're, yeah. I mean, I don't know. People overreact about that stuff, and you're right. People love the eggs. Mm -hmm. It was like I was bringing gold to work every week because I had so many chickens. I was bringing dozens of eggs, and I just give them away for free. And it, people wanted to pay me because they wanted to be like first dibs for the eggs. But I'm oh. like, I'm this prosecutor coming and sell eggs to everybody. So I'm like, <laughs> you can bring them in and first come, first serve. Or you know, if you really you know, put your name on it. But God, I'm like, I always say like my political views. They make it really hard for people on the other side that like hate me. Because those people always tend to love like the animal stuff, or I bring them eggs. I'm like, they can't hate somebody who brings them free eggs. <laughs> like, yeah, and so it's a, it, it's a good tool to make friends. So I had a, I had a couple of people who would buy duck eggs, five bucks a dozen. Here you go. I said, oh, right. I easily could have sold them. People yeah. because they taste better than store eggs. Yeah, yeah. They cook better than store eggs, and people just love them. Yeah. Just, just the grass, yeah. Yeah, just the look when you crack them open too. When you compare the two, like how sure. rich the yellow is, you know. Yellow is so rich, and then the white stays together. It doesn't yeah. just out. Like yeah. So yeah. once people start getting used to like what real eggs taste like, they're like, oh, I don't want this. So my kids <laughs> won't even eat regular store bought eggs. No. Made it. When we had him, my son's twelve now. But when we when we had him, he was younger, and I wasn't. He liked. He loves eggs, so I wasn't sure if he was gonna like them or not. Um, just because it's a different taste and he's a kid and yeah. if if a kid gets something altered by a little bit it throws sure. everything off right so but he ate them and he loved them and and in fact to, to the same point you made when we didn't have them anymore we went back to store-bought eggs he still yeah. liked them but he could tell a difference you know oh 100 but yeah. but he likes eggs enough where he ate it anyway so yeah he ate it anyway yeah mine yeah. mine's pretty picky 
it just like right now five chickens is about three eggs a day mm. and i also feed my dogs raw eggs so mm, i give my okay. dogs raw egg in their food in morning and night so um yeah i keep them heated all winter so they make they do produce eggs all winter but i i should have gotten more in the fall after the slaughter <laughs> last slaughter <laughs> uh, but i didn't in winter time keeping everything alive is that much harder you know trucking water out there yeah. it's not close to my house it's in the back and then um feeding them and i keep everybody heated because i feel bad you know so i'm yeah I'm that, that was the selling point for me for ducks is not having to worry about heat um, most people don't for chickens either they yeah don't. yeah but i just i wouldn't want to be that cold <laughs> and i know they like it because they go under the heat lamps you know if they like it yeah so i just do it and i'm like eh, it's yeah well i i mean i still had to I had a water heater, so I had to put I had yeah. put this wire thing in the water so it keep it, it from freeze. keep it from yeah. freezing. Yeah, but same thing. Like it is like all right before I got to wake up fifteen minutes early before work. I already get up early, go out there, sure. make sure they have food, make open the open the coop so they get out, like all this stuff. And yeah, it was it yeah, was a lot. Lock in the coop every night, right? So that yeah. it doesn't kill them. That's the yeah. Thing. I leave to or chickens at least are so good about they go in right before it's dark. So in the winter they're in there early. Mm-hmm. Uh, like yeah if i am not gonna be home i gotta find somebody to come lock them up yeah i keep thinking i'm gonna get one of those solar ones but i've heard good and bad on it so the doors that shut themselves but we'll see well yeah i saw those too and i, I guess i guess if you ever got one you would still like for the first few weeks probably still check it to make sure it's okay but then you never know like like then you're laying in bed you're like all right did all the chickens make it in before the door shut oh i know you do worry about it you lay down you're like did i lock them up because you yeah, know yeah. Like, morning and everybody's dead yeah because i know the minute i've had it happen where you forget and then everybody's dead <laughs> yep. yeah. or you're like i think i did i probably didn't uh they'll be fine and then you wake up like in fact <laughs> in fact they were not fine no. <laughs> i feel like a huge asshole yeah so yeah <laughs> i tell you one pet that i want to get and i mean it, it, it'll never happen maybe unless i get some land is it is a miniature cow i see them on like instagram and stuff so cute yeah or even a giant cow. Oh. The, the, this girl, uh, this woman on TikTok does videos with her cow. And she goes, it is the best pet because, you know, you get you get those things and you do it with babies, too, where you like have all this love aggression. And yeah. they said with cows, it's perfect because you could do all that. And they don't even know you're there because they're so big. And she was just like <laughs> jumping on it, hugging its neck. And it was just like looking like I was like, yes, I need a big cow now. I need a cow. Or you need a Walter, my pig. He uh, <laughs> he's gotten pretty chunky. He is big now, but he is he loves love. Like yeah. the minute I other than cleaning up his poop. That's why I don't want a mini cow now. I almost got Walter's brother. And I'm like, I can't have two pigs pooping in my yard because it is. It's like horse poop. It doesn't stink, but they're big. And I got to yeah. go. And, um, but he is better than a dog because he doesn't bark. He doesn't, he can't jump on anything with his short little legs. It took yeah. him months and months and months before he figured out how to use stairs because his little <laughs> legs just don't bend with his big yeah. fat legs. Um, but yeah, he, he loves like his little head rub. He loves kisses. He loves like, as soon as you start rubbing him, he literally falls over. So you rub his belly and he's so fat. Now you got to make sure he doesn't land on your feet. Um, <laughs> Well, yeah, maybe instead of mini cow, you might want a pig. So I, I, uh, I'm working on my neighbor um, because a lot of people are moving out of the neighborhood because it's there's old neighborhood now. All the families are moving in, so I've been I uh, I'm gonna see. I, I told my wife I go maybe we can uh, see what we can do to buy uh, 
buy this this house next door and we can just make a big compound on this <laughs> side of the street. Then you have the land, yeah. yeah I only yeah. an acre, but I fit a lot on an acre. Um, I could probably definitely do a little cow or I've you know I've always wanted a horse too, but boy, it is. It ends up no matter what your kids say, saying they're gonna help you do chores with pets, no one ever does anything. It's no. all on me. Oh yeah. So I'm like, I gotta keep you alive and feed you. I gotta keep them alive. Them. I'm like, yeah. And I still gotta make it to work every day. Yeah, same thing. I'm rushing around in the morning trying to like get everybody situated and it's a lot. And that's you know, my kids want a dog. We we had a dog for 14 years and my kids want another one. I'm like, guys, we're never home. Like, yeah. what, who's gonna be home with this dog? It's gonna be unfair for for everybody. And you guys aren't gonna do anything anyway. You're gonna come home and do what you did with the old dog and said and maybe pet it and say hello and then go do your own thing. <laughs> Unless you get an Aussie and they don't give you a choice. An Aussie does not give you a choice to just ignore it. It will be right there all the time. <laughs> and I will tell you, the best thing I ever did with dogs is got a dog door. Oh, okay. You yeah. don't need to worry about that. They go in and out all day. They are occupied. They think they're the protectors of the yard. It's like air traffic control. Any hawk or eagle that flies over, they're just right out there chasing <laughs> it off. Um well, yeah, I get it. Otherwise, not being home, but the dog door helps because then yeah. even when people house it, it's so easy. They don't have to worry about other than really coming and feeding them. Yeah, yeah. Our, they don't our, have to our house because they're not bored. Yeah, our dog. Our dog was perfect. He was uh, he was a giant dog, and he like he about for about forty five seconds when someone walked in the door, he'd be excited about it, and then he'd just go lay down and <laughs> be good, you know. Which was, I got more. 45 seconds yeah they're pretty excitable when they like see you that's an awesome thing though they're like really uh, quirky quirky dogs but um yeah other than that they go outside and play with each other they just wrestle like grizzly bears all day long so <laughs> when they come to the house for the most part they're calm and they do that sometimes in the house and i'm like just like kids i'm like out 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 <laughs> that side i don't want it i don't want it right in front of me you're annoying me it's like having teenage boys and like go so but, yeah. um so all these you know, despite, you know, having all these animals and all these responsibilities and being a single mom, you still have a full-time job. Yep. Uh, how, how are you, um, you're obviously employed. So how are you able to balance all these things? Cause it's a lot. It can be a lot. It is a lot. Um, there's no question. So I always thought I wanted four kids. I'm like, Oh goodness. They got <laughs> four kids. I don't know what to do. Um, what I have really good kids. My, my kids uh, are so, so good. I mean, my kids are truly like the easiest um they're i mean they're self-sufficient a million ways but they're just smart and um they're like my best little friends but they're they're just good like i don't have to they don't make my life in any way more stressful other than yes of course i get tired of doing their laundry and i get tired mm -hmm. of doing dishes and stuff like that you gotta show um, them how to do laundry yeah i've done that in the past um I have my own system. So that's one thing I do to make my life easier. And everybody thinks my laundry system is crazy, but I don't separate anything. I don't wash anything at a different temperature. I don't dry anything at a different temperature. Every single day, the clothes are in the laundry room. I do one load of laundry in the morning. I put it in, in the dryer at night. And in the morning, I, morning I fluff it and I hang it. Every yeah. single day, one load. So there's never a pile. That's my system. Never yeah. a pile. I don't have a dishwasher. Um, I will complain about doing dishes, but my kids will do them from time to time when I ask. Or in the summertime, they're pretty good. I give them a break during the school year because yeah. school is hotter. Mm -hmm. um, but I think I know myself. I'm very, I try very hard to be self-aware in general. Um, I've created a world that works for me. Um, my job works for me. Um, it's something that 
I do have some flexibility by being the chief prosecutor, right? So sometimes I might get there a little later, but I stay later. My kids are older now, so it's not a big deal. Or mm -hmm. I work a bunch. Um, I'm really good at multitasking. Uh, and at this point, I've been doing it a long time. So like, I just, my job never stresses me out. I, I've done other things in the legal field. And I years ago discovered I like misdemeanors, misdemeanors for what I want to do. I don't have the stress of felonies and, you know, lengthy jury trials or worrying about someone going to prison for years and years. Um, there's really not that much stress in misdemeanor court. Um, people are enjoyable. I love defendants. I love defense attorneys. Um, so it's never a burden on me to go to work. I love my job. So that helps me not feel overwhelmed ever. You know, if I like going to work every day, like I actually don't like being away from work. So I was yeah. sick for five days. The only time I want to be home for five days is if I have the energy to do a million projects, but nothing's worse than being sick and I can't do a project here. I'm like, I might as well be at work. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Um, but the only other difficult part is that I do have a boyfriend, but he lives 30 minutes away. Mm. Uh, and I have really one relative, just my sister. And she'll help me if I need it, but she's also very busy. So I rely on my kid's friend's mom sometimes, like picking them up, dropping them off. And thankfully my kids have wonderful friends and they're, Friends are have wonderful parents, so yeah. it's kind of, well, it takes a village in certain ways. And I've been really lucky in that way that people are so willing to help me if I need it. Um, being so, I I, uh, I like legal stuff, and I, I uh, especially on TikTok. Like I, I <laughs> some some of these people annoy me, but I do like enjoying. I, I do enjoy watching uh, First Amendment audit videos, and and so I don't. We have and some I, yeah, I, I don't know why. Like sometimes the people doing the video, but they bug me because they they're like super aggressive. Um, but a lot, but uh, there's this one guy who's like really nice, and like okay. he tries he tries to tell these people like, no, you're wrong, and you know I will listen I'll listen to you, but all this stuff. But there's yeah. so there's so like I don't know. They're just really interesting. I don't know. Well, it's interesting because it's one of those things, you know, law enforcement. <sighs> They don't always know what the boundaries yeah. are, right? Yeah. And you have different personalities in law enforcement. You have the personality that's really accommodating and will talk to people and help them understand. And that's never the problem, right? Those are the people that people don't have issues with. And then you have different personalities who are just like, nope, I can't do it. And so those First Amendment audit guys, when they find those people, it becomes a problem. And we had that in Perrysburg. We had oh, did it. we? Oh, yeah. I got a criminal case out of it. Um they arrested one of the audit guys um, and it was an issue. But at the end of the day, I'm like, guys, like if you just talk to them and let them be there and see what there's nothing illegal about them standing there videotaping you or videotaping your parking lot or video, they'll go away because you don't yeah. give them the material. The minute you start arguing with them, trying to get them out of there, you know, everything else. And I'm like, officers hate being videotaped but i'm like listen this is a world we're in now right like either everybody has a cell phone and you need to be aware all the time and i get that it's hard because i wouldn't want somebody to have a camera on me when i do my job and the things i say mm -hmm. but that is the reality not only just a body cam but a cell phone and you can't get all bent out of shape about it and guess what if you just don't do anything wrong there's not an issue right yeah. treat people well do your job as best you can and you're not going to have an issue so most officers figure that out very quickly and there's no problem. And every once in a while you got that one person who just can't get that together. And uh, then we have a problem, but they learn the hard way. Body cam footage. Yeah. Yeah. 
body yeah. cam footage is wild to me too like i i enjoy watching those and i i uh, you can watch all mine because it's hours and hours and hours every day. <laughs> Not my favorite thing to do. No, I enjoy watching the edited ones. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I have I uh, do see some pretty funny stuff. Uh, yeah. Frequently, we get some good stuff. It's changed. It has changed the way we prosecute, or even for defendants. I mean, it's really the best tool that's ever happened for defendants. I mean, there's so many cases now that even now you read a report and then you watch the video and you're like, oh, this doesn't quite match. Mm. You think of what was the world like before cameras. How many officers just wrote what they needed to write, like for an yep. OBI? They knew the get the keywords, right, to get where you need to be. Yep. And, and now with camera, you can't just write that down. You actually have to witness it. And otherwise you'll get caught. And people do get caught. And there's court of appeals cases here where people have been caught not being truthful for what they saw and what they put in a report and then on their body cam. So it, yeah, it's fascinating. People and they know they being officers know how they operate because and I know and I'm not even an officer but I know that most body cams I don't know if it's all of them most body cams are recording 30 seconds to a minute before you actually hit the button mm -hmm. and I've seen uh, videos where they it was just this one I'm not saying it's rampant but this one cop planted drugs in this car and then turned his body cam on but the body cam caught him doing that because yeah, like, it was filmed the body cam right like yeah. you got what was the world like before that it keeps people you know it gives you know they don't all love it i think most of them got used to it for the most part we don't have body cam in certain jurisdictions still like lake township does not have body cam um and is that just because they decide they don't want it they decide they don't want to want it it does have a cost it's a okay. small Greensburg township recently got body cam they don't have the car camera when they're driving which for ovis is sometimes an issue um, all my trooper cases and all my Perrysburg city cases have body cam and car cam. Um, and it, most of them are pretty aware of what they're doing, but most cops are good cops, right? You're going to have those bad ones. And unfortunately I wish other cops were selling those cops out before I'd ever got to the point of doing that on a body cam. I think that's everyone's biggest gripe is like, okay, we realize there's good cops and bad cops, but why aren't the good cops? You know, I, I know they're like their group. But that's the, I hear the. You know, uh, so, you know, I would have probably thought that years ago too, other than the now, when you watch it in, it's the social construct that they're in. And, you know, they're usually fairly tight groups as part of it, but then it's the pushback from higher ups, right? When uh, you okay. begin something or it's really the leadership. If you've got the right kind of leadership saying, we don't want this, we don't tolerate this it keeps people in line. So it's hard to be the guy at the bottom that sells out the person, your lieutenant, your sergeant, or even just your, you know, coworker. If it's the people at the top, they see it and they stop it right away. Uh, it solves a lot of issues. And I know like in Perrysburg, they review those body cams without even having to have an issue with the case. They just do that as part of their um, system to make sure everybody's complying. Okay. And it kind of sucks for officers, right? Because then you're like big brother to the max. Like everything they do is reviewed constantly and they do get criticisms for things they say and things they do. Mm -hmm. But I always tell my officers, I'm like, don't let that bother you, right? You're not doing anything that's at a liability issue. Nothing you're actually going to get sued over and you're still a human. So yeah, you might say something on camera, but for the most part, it's not actually going to be an issue. And of course, in Perrysburg, certain people don't want to hear certain things, right? Yeah. Um, and you get people that are, you know, they get frustrated because, you know, before cameras, you could tell somebody just like, shut up, you know, not gonna, it's, now they're like, they got to be so politically correct and nice and it, it, nothing with race or anything, just being, telling people what they don't want to hear in the place, a plight manner. And that's yeah. not what 
easy in their job and I don't blame them. I would be terrified. I'd probably be yelling at people and cussing at people. It'd be, <laughs> can't be fired right away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it catches a lot. And I also have officers that sometimes they're put in positions where they don't want to do something or they don't like it, but the body cam saves them because they say what they're thinking. They say what they're seeing on it. So even if somebody else makes a call, like, yeah, we need to charge us. And that officer doesn't like how it feels. You see that camera footage. You're like, well, there's other issues. And it brings yeah. it then yeah, of course, lieutenants and chiefs are not going to like that. But on the prosecutor end, I'd prefer to see it. But I do tell them, keep in mind, like, don't think you're going to file this great case when you say something on your camera, like, he's drunk, you know, because uh, the defense attorney is going to see that and it's done. Yeah. So reasonable doubt is already there. If you got the reasonable doubt, the jury does. And at the end of the day, as much as people don't like it, they're like hearing it. But that is what our system is. And it corrects itself in that way if you as an officer have doubt i don't want that case in front of a jury yeah it shouldn't be there so mm -hmm. you mentioned that you know you you talked about you know enjoying your job and 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 enjoying defendants and defense attorneys do you have a good relationship with defense attorneys and do you think it's important as a prosecutor to have that relationship with them absolutely absolutely um i have an excellent relationship with defense attorneys um it's based on trust um, I know that's kind of been a generational shift. Like some of the younger prosecutors are kind of, well, a lot of them in not in Perrysburg, but in like Lucas County, they're kind of thrown right in right off the bat and they haven't built those relationships with defense attorneys and mm -hmm. just kind of learning, you know, the, the gray areas and I, you know, I'm principled. I care about things to my core it for what it is and what the practice means and what it means to be a lawyer and you know what I'm upholding um and defense attorneys at this point know me I'm consistent they know I'm never going to lie to them I'm never going to hide anything mm -hmm. uh, I'm very open um so if I have a strong stance on a case they know there's a good reason right so they're yeah. not it works to my benefit in that they know if I'm really serious about something, there's a reason and they're going to then change how they would act to resolve something. It doesn't mean nothing will ever go to trial. Sometimes that happens anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also, on the other hand, they know I'm also so reasonable. If it's something that, you know, officers don't always like what I do, but I'm so big picture. Um, I don't look at things in the lens of like each person needing to be punished. My goal is always just reducing recidivism in the community. Mm -hmm. uh, it's community safer if defendants find ways to be productive citizens, right? So yeah. that doesn't always mean convictions and that doesn't mean going to jail. Um, there are cases where you need punishment, um, but most of it for me is trying to modify behaviors and correct criminal thinking. And defense attorneys know that about me. Um, so I have a great relationship with them. But on the flip side, I think I have a great relationship with law enforcement too. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of law enforcement gets along with me. They know where I stand. They know where I lie. Um, you know, older officers are like, look, I do my job. You do your job. You know, you'll get some younger officers that don't like what I do because they don't get why they go through this and that. And then I either amend it or dismiss it or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think the longer they're in the profession, they it all makes sense to them. Um, and I had a great relationship with law enforcement when I was in Lucas County. Um, and I've had a great relationship with all of, uh, I do Lake Township, Perrysburg Township, city of Perrysburg troopers and the sheriff cases. And okay. yeah, I think officers trust me. 
Um, they know if they have an issue, they can come talk to me too, you know, and I'm not somebody who just goes right to a chief, right? You got to screw up a lot of times before I go to a chief. <laughs> um, I try to like work it out with them and talk them through it. And they know that I'll answer my phone 24 seven to try to help them through anything. Mm. So that helps defense attorneys as well. So same goes for my court and my judge, you know, he knows we don't always agree. He doesn't like everything I do, but he knows that I always put the work into it. He knows he can trust anything I say. Um, so even if he doesn't agree with me, he values it. So, yeah. I, uh, so growing up, my mom, my mom, uh, drank a lot and she was always getting, she got in trouble quite a bit. And so my dad had to hire lawyers and he hired this lawyer. I don't, this was a while ago. His name was Jerry, Jerry Phillips. I think I can't remember yeah. for sure. Jerry's great. Yeah. So my, my mom, uh, or my parents always told me like he was one of the best in Toledo's from what, from my understanding and what my parents sure. told me, I got in trouble one time, just a small little thing. So I needed Jerry's help. And it was the wildest thing. So I went to court. I met Jerry there. He's like, all right, let's go. They were in the middle of another like hearing or, or whatever was going on. And Jerry just walks in and walks right up to the judge. And the judge goes, all right. And talks to the people that he was just talking to. He was like, all right, well, we'll wait. We're going to deal with this first. And we're going to wait. I was like, "How? <laughs> what, what, who is this guy? He just walked up, stopped what they were doing to take the case that I needed to be done. And I was like, what is this? This is why. That was nothing in Toledo Municipal Court, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the Toledo way in that way. Toledo is a fantastic fantastic legal community you know i talk to people all the time about going to law school and you'll have some lawyers are like don't encourage people to go to law school i'm like why would i not i love what i do i love the people i work with toledo municipal court was one of my probably my favorite place i've ever worked i just loved it but a lot of that is it's the attorneys we have a respect for each other uh, it's a small enough community. Everyone knows each other. You know, you have Cleveland attorneys come to our courts and they're like, wow, you guys are so accommodating, so nice, so friendly. Um, but yeah, someone like Jerry, who's been doing it so long, you know, he knows everybody. He knows that judge. He knows that prosecutor. He knows the court staff and like and the attorney that he kind of caught in front of and nobody's going to be offended. It's not like, oh, give special treatment to Jerry. Jerry's a wonderful person who treats everybody well. Um so nobody's like, oh, gosh, he's cutting in front. You know, it's like, oh, he's got something quick. He knows whatever was charged was crap. He can get a judge or a prosecutor to say, ah, it's, it's junk. Get rid of it fast without going through all these motions. Because people that have been doing it a long time, we can filter through it. And we can filter through it fast. I can write up most plea recs without ever talking to anyone. I go through the file. I know it. And you'll get an attorney out of town and they're offended. Like, why would you do that? You didn't talk to me. I'm like, I already know what I'm going to do. From the information I have, it doesn't mean you can't change my mind because it yeah. might. Right? But um, I always do my best offer right off the bat. I don't play games. And uh, someone like Jerry, prosecutors know that about Jerry too. Jerry's someone who's going to fight me on some crap. You know, he's going to, I say, plead to an A1A because it's a solid A1A. He's going to plead to the A1A. He doesn't get a special treatment. He knows a good case from a bad case. And he knows cases where people need a break. Someone that's never been in trouble before, right? Yeah. That it's going to impact your life. And he's going to make sure he talks to a prosecutor that is like-minded. And it was probably in front of a judge that's like-minded. So, um, yeah, Toledo is a fantastic legal community. I wouldn't yeah. want to talk to anyone else. My, uh, my mom, since she's since, um, you know, been sober for several years now. And, and now she she's in the AA and she'll sponsor people. And, and there was one time she told me she went to the court with one of her sponsees uh and people saw her like one of the judges saw her there and like did a double take and my mom was like it's not for me i'm not, I'm not. 
I'm good. You do? Yeah. You get to know people, you recognize people. Um, yeah. you know, I was a public defender for years before I was a prosecutor. So yeah, people would see me everywhere and know me. Mm. Um, and I still get that, you know, I have public defender clients that will come in and ask if I can help them. I, I'm like, I can't help you as a prosecutor, you know, <laughs> in that capacity, but I can tell you, you know, who to go talk to. Yeah. Um, but it, that's really made me balanced too. You know, I can see both sides of things. I think, um, and I think most people would agree with me on that. Um, I'm always big picture and I can filter through it pretty well, but I like people in general. I like mm. people, I care about people. Um, so I loved helping defendants. And in my current capacity, um, when I started, they never did pro se, like traffic matters. So like you get a speeding ticket, the former prosecutor who I loved and adored, by the way, but he wouldn't actually have a pretrial with you and talk to you. It just automatically got to set for trial if you didn't have a lawyer. I don't do that. I have what I do, like instant pretrials or set pretrials where they can come in and talk to me, you know, and they don't have a lawyer. And I say, I'm not your lawyer. I represent the state of Ohio and everything I, you say can be used against you. Uh, but let's see what we can do. And I clean up tickets for people, you know, and try to get people valid with their license. Uh, uh, I like the interactions with the public. You know, I like, I always say on Tuesday nights, I stay in Perrysburg late and help people out. And then everybody's like, why do you stay? You're not getting paid to be here. Go home. What are you doing? <laughs> and I said, because it's like, a, and when I'm there, everybody's so happy. Like it's yeah. the one time everybody's so happy to see the prosecutor. Like everybody's like, talk to her? can I talk to her? I, you know. Um, I can help people out and they know I'm helping them. It's not like they feel like, oh, she owes me something or they're pissed off. You know, I can de-escalate something very quickly, but people recognize I'm not there to like get something out of you. If I can assist you and help you, I will do it. Um, and I think most lawyers in Slido are that way. Prosecutors are a whole nother breed that's more complicated. Um, we have a lot of great judges in Toledo that just want to help people. And ultimately, we have a lot of great law enforcement. You know, that's a conversation I have with them all the time. You didn't go into law enforcement to screw with people. You went into law enforcement because you want to help people. You want to make the world a better place. And sometimes that's as simple as just giving someone a break, giving someone a warning, having a conversation. Sometimes it means you do have to charge, but it's yeah. you people with respect um, and treat them as humans. Everything works out and everything works out a lot better than it would otherwise. So I... I um speak you keep talking about helping people and this is something that a question I have. So I I haven't had a conversation with my son yet. Uh, at some point I will, especially when he starts driving. And I'm kind of in the same mindset where I've seen I've seen too many times and too many videos where cops will ask you a bunch of questions, you answer these questions and they get you in trouble somehow. So mm -hmm. I, at some point I'll, I'm going to talk to my son like I said <laughs> and just say like yeah. Don't don't talk at all. Don't say anything. I don't know if that's the the best advice or what i just feel this like that's a, this, is a, this is a hard advice as a prosecutor to give right uh, exactly and that's why i don't want to put you in a hard position no, no, I just... I mean, i'm open about it sure like you know there are cases i can't proceed on because someone won't say a word right you get somebody's had their fourth ovi and they know like any word that comes out of their mouth is scrutinized are you slurring it are you doing this same with the test right where they're like i'm not saying a word just need to learn i don't have much of a case there right mm -hmm. it's gonna be really really tough what I do say to officers on that flip side is when you're friendly with a defendant or an interaction with a person in public and you get them to trust you, they'll tell you everything, right? Mm -hmm. So people confess the things really easily if you get a really nice officer. Um, an officer that sits there, whether they actually care or they're acting like they care, they will get you to get a lot of information. So you got to feel that out. If it's something minor, 
and the officer's really just asking you those questions, they're probably just going to try to help you out. But it's not always going to be the case. You're going to figure out what you did, right? If you did something and you don't want to be caught on it, yeah, you're probably better off not saying a whole heck of a lot until you talk to a lawyer. Yeah, and, and that's that's where, like, if you're getting pulled over for, you know you're getting pulled over for a speeding ticket, and they're going to e- either give you a ticket or write your warning, you're probably going to get a ticket if they, you don't answer the questions of, hi, where, I, you, where are you going? Nothing serious, I would just yeah. say talk to them, like, be honest about it. Um, you know, you have some officers that are going to give you a ticket no matter what, and you have a lot of other officers that are going to listen to you, and if you're like, listen, I'm really trying to get to work, I'm going to get fired, da, 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 you know, you're going to have people that are sympathetic to you. I had a little police officer recently that we've had a lot of lateral hires in Perrysburg. And he said, you know, my entire career in TPD, I never wrote one traffic ticket. I said, wow, that's impressive. He said, no, because I think I get the same effect by pulling someone over, making them aware of their speeding, mm-hmm. right? Telling them to slow down. I've had the same effect because they realize now, oh gosh, I could have been in trouble. I could have paid a large fine. I could have done this. I need to slow down. Versus yep giving them a ticket, making them go through the hoops and uh, pay the cost. Because really that's the point of a speeding ticket. It's just to reduce people from those driving behaviors. So um, I think in all of those situations, I'd say talk. Um, And I talked to police officers and I've talked to a number of pro se defendants like racial issues, right? So Mm -hmm. it gets pulled over and they're not comfortable. They don't want to talk. They don't want to get out of that car. And what I say to my officers is how can you blame them, right? You yeah. got to think about how that person feels at that moment. And in the climate we've been in, they have good reasons to be fearful. So the best strategy you can do is I know most of these officers and they're not racist or not, is have the conversation, call out the elephant in the room and say, I know why you feel the way you do. I know why you might be scared of me. I know why you might be hesitant. I'm not here to do any of those things that you're thinking. I just need your information. You know, I'm not going to harm you. I'm not going to be ripping you out of a car. Let's just talk. Um, the officers that are able to do that say, yeah, I know you're black and I'm white. And I'm going to put you in my car and we're in a rural area or whatever. And it's yeah. everything's going to be okay. It almost always deescalates any situation and how that defendant feels. And I've had defendants, the same thing. I had a guy that was pulled over and he ended up being the glass broke out of the car, ripped out of the car. And he was really pissed off, you know, and the trooper charged him with a bunch of stuff. And he didn't get a lawyer and he came in and talked to me and we talked for like an hour about it. And I said, I'm not saying what the trooper did was right, but also the way you handled it didn't help it. And I understand why you handled it that way. I understand why you, you know, but, you know, hindsight's 2020. looking back yeah. at it, you, yeah. you had no reason not to talk to him. You, it was a speeding ticket. You didn't have a warrant. You didn't, weren't drinking and driving. You weren't doing anything criminal. There was no reason for you not to say, yeah, here's my license and just talk to him. You would have been on your way. Nothing would have occurred. Uh, so there's a give and take on both sides of it. Um, but I think the best thing you can do is just have conversations and for people to just say it, say it. Yeah. When I see cases where I'm like, I know this is a driving while black case. I get those, right? I still get them. Mm-hmm. I know it. I say it right to the defendant. People are like, oh my gosh, you say that to me. <laughs> I know what it is. And guess what? They're always appreciative of it. Yeah. And when I'm officers and I like start to notice a trend, I'm like, listen, I know you got a job to do. I know you're looking for drugs. But I'm noticing a pattern here. I'll say it. They need to be aware someone's paying attention to it too. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So it's tough conversations, but I think they're so important. Yeah. And that's why, you know, being Perrysburg is a wonderful city. I mean, I wouldn't have moved. I graduated from here. Oh, I, I yeah. moved here, you know, but it's still predominantly white. And, you know, sure. I, and that's the kind of conversations I want to have with my son when he's out there. Like, 
and he's he's gonna be big he's gonna be probably six five like realize like there's these targets on your back not just because you're you know mexican or you're big but but there that plays into it so you have to understand all these things when you're going out there how to act and just because you're with your friends they're gonna put you in awkward situations you know and i even when i was growing up i told my friends hey guys just because i'm the biggest one here if you guys fight somebody i'm not gonna fight if you guys started i'm not gonna fight somebody too I will protect no, you. It will work for you. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I will. Yeah, I will. No I will protect you. If you're losing, I will pull the person off, and I will protect you from getting seriously hurt. I'm not joking. But, yeah. yeah it, it, but if if you're doing it just because I'm here, and I had really good friends, they they weren't they weren't we weren't involved in that kind of stuff. But I, I, there's a couple times I had to make them know, like, I'm not your giant friend just because I'm going to start punching people. Like, I yeah. I've never fought anybody in my life. I'm not going to do it because you started it. So. Yeah, Perrysburg. Um, you know, like I said, I was in Oregon for a number of years and, you know, outlying courts in Toledo, Minnesota, court, very different demographics, right? Um, Perrysburg, we do get a lot of black people that are charged with things, especially traffic because of I-75, right? So mm -hmm. there's a lot of traffic that's going through, um, but the actual population isn't very diverse. Um, and Perrysburg, the biggest difference with Perrysburg is, and I, and I try to explain this to my city administrators and, and my police understand it. There are different expectations. The community pays a lot in taxes, right? They want to have a certain level of community policing. They want a certain level of me, right? Yeah. So they call me, they want to talk to me, they want to, and I do, I do it because there is, it's different. It is not Toledo. Um, however you want to say it, right or wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end of the day, I think it, it is a great community of people who really care about being here. Um, I've had nothing but positive interactions with the actual community um, and the people that live in it. But yeah, that's, and there, that's not to say there aren't race issues. There are a hundred percent, of course, there are everywhere. Yes. There are everywhere. Yes. You not ignore it and say it doesn't happen here. And I know that sometimes is the perception of Perrysburg is it doesn't happen here. Um, but that's why, you know, so yeah, I'm kind of an odd fit for Perrysburg in that way. Cause I am kind of, you titled as progressive prosecution. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how much of Perrysburg even realizes I'm there or what I am, um, but I haven't had uh, negative pushback on it from really anybody. So people seem to welcome that idea and how I treat it. Because I, I do it to everybody, right? Like, I'm, it doesn't matter if you're Black, you're White, you're yeah. gay, you know, so. There, one more thing, too, before I before we go. Um, there's this one person, one sheriff's officer I follow on TikTok. Uh, his name's Frank Slope. He's from Pinell County in Arizona, I think. But it's a, it's a like, he has a camera crew with him. Like, this is what they do. And okay. he is so good talking to people. And, you know, like, they put ones where he just chit chats and, and he gives them warning. And they put some where he, I've never seen him arrest anybody, but they put some where people are aggressive with him. Like, man, but it is, he is so good. Like, and, and I'm sure they picked him specifically. Yeah, and I love those people. I have some of those officers, and I'm like, oh, if I could take this officer and have him or her train everyone, right? Yeah. Like you, you meet those people, and they're so good at it. And you just hope that you know it wears off on other people. You hope that that person, that your chief, reinforces it with that person and puts them in positions where they're training other people. It doesn't always happen, um, but. You know, one was, I don't know if you saw, it was on the news, it was a uh, Monroe County Sheriff, and there was this interaction with a Black woman, 
and she had a lot of racial slurs towards him and she was upset about being him him being white and he made an inappropriate comment he said i'm black i'm probably blacker than you are and the world blew up on it right like yeah. oh my and it was it was inappropriate he shouldn't have said that but when i ended up they had those videos online because of that case uh-huh. i watched it and the reality is she liked him the most because even though he said something really really stupid he treated her really well he cared about her as a person he was so uh-huh. kind to her and she picked up on that instantly and at the end of the day he was the person she was cooperative with uh-huh. and yes he said something stupid but i'm like that doesn't make him bad at what he does he obviously is someone who uh, deals well with the public in stressful situations and knows how to de-escalate them overall. And that is something that is not natural to everyone. It's not something that can be taught to everyone, mm-hmm. but you need people to be aware of it enough to know that make how you can make things worse in so quickly and how not to do that. And yeah. de-escalating it is one of the most important things in policing right you you get better outcomes in one you get convictions but you get better outcomes and you're not making things worse and we never want to make things worse and we never want to make things more dangerous uh and i tell my officers constantly it's conversation have conversations talk to people when you go up to that car talk to them the more talking you do and you know looking at people in the eyes and making them feel comfortable the better all of our outcomes are every single time so Thankfully, we do have some excellent officers in Perrysburg Township and the city and Lake Township. Our sheriff's department, we have wonderful people. Um, And we're so fortunate for that because I know it's not like that everywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, But so far, it seems, you know, these communities value those types of officers. So we've got quite a few of them. Yeah. Well, uh, China, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. This has been great. I mean, how do we? Who can talk about uh, a bunch of animals and then um, police? So <laughs> police thing, yeah, yeah. It's like ah, oh, jack of all trades. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know what I'm talking about, but yeah. Yeah, ADHD, the, yeah. I'm dyslexic. I'm like, yeah, one bag of everything. So, well, I, again, thanks for coming on the podcast. It, it was a great episode. Well, thank you. Hopefully, I, I didn't offend too many people. <laughs> no, I think it was fine. All right. Have a good one. Thanks again to my guest, China Pfeiffer, for coming on the podcast today. Uh, Man, it was kind of right up my alley, especially all the animals at the beginning. I love all that kind of stuff. Obviously, we talked about the ducks that I used to have, but uh, learn about all those home projects, being busy. That's uh, me to a T, maybe a little too much. Uh, And then, you know, ending it with with police and and lawyers and, you know, uh, the city and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's a, it was a kind of a, uh, pol- I don't know if they're polar opposites. What are, can law and animals be polar opposites? I don't know. <laughs> but they, uh, <laughs> that's what we talked about. So, uh, again, thanks for China. Thanks to China for, for coming on the podcast. Um, uh, and thanks to all of you for listening and, and doing all the things with this podcast. Please reach us, reach us at the nerdball podcast at gmail.com or any social media. Just search the nerdball podcast. Uh, we are out there. TikTok. The Nerdball Pod. Get the subscribe there or and uh, like some videos. Uh, that's it. Uh, appreciate you all. As always, thanks to thanks to the Junior High Perrysburg STEM Lab, Big Daddy Graphics, Real JP Multimedia, and Cuttlefish Graphics for always helping out the podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>